Hey guys, I'm Hallie. And I'm Jamie. And this is Literal Nonsense. Hey guys, welcome back to Literal Nonsense Podcast. I hope that you guys are ready for this week. I don't think you're ready for it. We are going to come at you. I don't think you're ready for this jelly man. Right. (laughs) (laughs) We're coming at you hard and fast this week. (laughs) That's it. Raw dogged all the way. (laughs) We love this book so much. Um, This is definitely our favorite book in the series. Yeah, and I think you'll be able to tell. Um, (laughs) We're so excited to talk about it. Part two is probably going to be even more chaotic. Yeah. Just warning, we talk super fast. There's a lot of giggling. There's... A lot of not being able to speak moments. It's intense. And I almost feel like how book one for the reader was an intro into the series. Our first two episodes was an intro into us. And so we warmed (laughs) you up a little bit. And now you really get us. Well, now we're comfortable in front of the mic. So (laughs) now we just go for it. And so we ended our last book. And Feyre is a Fey now. Of course she is. That's her name. She saved everybody from under the mountain. Her and Tamlin go back to the spring court. They're having this happy life. And Or are they? Right. Dun, dun, dun. We also left off with a lot of loose ends, right? She has this bargain with Reese. What's going to happen with that? Mm-hmm. What happens now that she's high fae? Right. We don't know, but we do. And so <laughs> without further ado, <laughs> without further ado, let's just get into it. Get ready. Let's go. So now this book begins, and it's been three months since Under the Mountain. At this point, Feyre and Tamlin are engaged. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like we were happy for them at this point, though, weren't we? Yeah, probably. (laughs) Okay. But... (laughs) And so they're... We're hating now. (laughs) Right. But they're engaged, and it's two weeks until their wedding day. So they're really moving right along. Yeah. Fast Um, track. Yeah. But... On top of this happy time, Feyre's also dealing with some intense PTSD. Um, she's basically getting up every night vomiting. She's Nasty. feeling trapped, uh, panicking, and just a mess. But the craziest part is about all this is that Tamlin doesn't wake up or help her ever. Yeah, no, he pretends to sleep. I mean, if you were... Lying in bed, you wake up next to your partner and you you hear your partner run to the bathroom and vomit their guts out. Wouldn't you be awake? Oh, yeah. I mean, first of all, I would be panicking myself. But yeah, no, I would definitely notice if that was a <laughs> And the fact that he just lays there. Right. So like, you know, he's awake. Yeah. And but... she even alludes to that. Like, oh, like, I think sometimes like he's awake, but right. he just doesn't come to help. Because he's a dick. And he's a dick in tons of ways, honestly. So even though they're engaged, he just sucks. Yeah, he's terrible. And, you know, just to really just shit on Tamlin some more. Um, Tamlin's, like, going out and going around the gardens and the towns around. And he doesn't allow Feyre to go with him. And she asks him every single time, like, take me with you, take me with you. And he's like, no, like, you can't go. Or it's best if you stay home. And just, like... Ugh. Why wouldn't you want to show off your bride-to-be who fucking saved everybody from under the mountain? And he's going to do, like, reconstruction efforts and things like that. And she asks, 
and he doesn't quote unquote let her go. First of all, if anyone didn't let me do anything, mm-hmm. done deal. And she's like, cool, let's get married. Yeah, <laughs> which is so bizarre. Bizarre. Anyways, and then also to add to this bizarrity, that word. I liked it. (laughs) So she's wearing all these floofy, bright, cutesy gowns, which is so unlike the favorite we know. She probably hates this. And the reason why that she's wearing all these gowns is to like send a message Mm -hmm. to the people. Like, oh, everything is nice, and look at me in my cute gowns, and I'm the doting fiancé. Well, right, and that's kind of, I think, the point of all this, right? Tamlin cares about the message she's portraying. So she can't go to the towns and help and get her hands dirty. Mm -hmm. She wants to start training, and he's like, there's no need. What message would that send? Fuck your message. Let the girl live. Let her do something. She's literally just at spring court in the manor. Wearing dresses. Putzing around. And so I guess she is doing one thing. She's hanging out with Ianthe. Oh. Hallie's going to gag this entire first part of the episode. Sorry. Oh, Sorry. If you have like an aversion to gagging, just don't listen. I have an aversion to gagging. <laughs> um, so we meet Ianthe. She's a high priestess. She's the worst. She's, She's the terrible. Worst. She is. Just please immediately hate her. And honestly, I did. Like, she gives me a weird vibe. So she's this high priestess, and she's basically Feyre's, like, wedding planner. Like, she's not, but that's what the role she's taking on. But she also is, like, her only friend there. Right. Like, Feyre is confiding in her. She's telling her about her family, her sisters, how much she misses them. All her, like, woes, she's telling Ianthe. And she's, she's like that friend who is too nice too quick. Yeah, like, ha- definitely has ulterior motives. Right. But is like, kind of not caring because she has nothing else to do. Yeah, no one else to talk to, really. Right. And so Feyre, she's letting Ianthe do everything. She doesn't even fucking care about this wedding, which is pretty obvious. Ianthe picked out her wedding gown. It's this big, floofy tool thing. And Feyre's like, I hate it, but I also don't care. Feyre's only request to Ianthe is please do not have red roses at the wedding just because it's like super traumatic for her any color red because of after stabbing the fae the blood and she's like please don't do this so just keep that in mind obviously because i'm sure you can suspect where that's going it makes me think of like in uh in twilight when bella and edward are getting married and she's having those nightmares and it's like the red roses and yes, all yes, the yes. blood yeah it's like literally those vibes and she's like please don't do that to me yeah well guess what <laughs> anyways um also to shit on tamlin some more because he just sucks um he also has his own room like he keeps his own room oh my God, yes. in the manor but ferris says, says like he stays with her in her room but like if you're gonna get married why wouldn't you just combine your rooms like Correct. have one room and she even i think asked him that and he's like we need our own space well, that's a horrible way to start off your marriage. Yeah, and it's not even like they're doing it for purity reasons. They've already crossed that line. So Yeah, what? like they're actively having sex. And that's like the craziest thing too, is Farah mentions that in these first chapters, how they're having sex. That's like pretty much all they're doing. They're not talking. He's not letting her do anything. He won't help her when she's sick. But like, okay, but we have time for sex, yes. which is crazy. I know. That bad vibes. Mm-hmm. And then... I also think also with him making excuses for Feyre not to join him or like she can't do anything around the house is he's masking his controllingness with worry. So every right. time the excuse is, oh, but like 
you're the most important person to me. Nothing, can, I don't want anything to happen to you. And so he's like planting in her head that he's worried about her or worried about something happening to her. But really, he's just being a controlling asshole. Right. And like he even says, he says, um, you're everything to me. I need you to be all right to know they can't get to you, can't hurt you anymore. Like you just said. Great. So you're going to just fucking keep her. Also, who is he referencing? Right. They're, they're dead. Like, who is, who is they? So I don't even know. So and that's the craziest thing, too, I think, is that this is the first time that Feyre identifies as a prisoner, which I think is insane because mm-hmm. when she was a prisoner, she said to him, you've never made me feel like a prisoner. Throwback to episode two. Right. But now she's his fiance, and she's like, I feel like a fucking prisoner. <laughs> like, that's crazy. Yeah, there's no love and light there. And he's such like a like male, like, I don't know, just, I can't even think of how to say it. A gross, it. disgusting, narcissistic, misogynistic male. <laughs> yeah, that. Narcissist. <laughs> and so he even tells her, oh, there's never been a high lady, like, their wives are just consorts. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what the fuck are you saying? And she's like, oh, okay, sounds good. <laughs> what? Really just settling for less than bare minimum. Oh my God, brutal. And so she's just not loving it, which understandably, thank God, honestly, because if she was loving this, I'd be concerned. Um, for sure. So she's not loving this. And honestly, she's going to all these parties. Ianthe's just like dressing her up, whatever. She even meets Tamlin's friends and she makes a point to say, I did not remember their names. I did not care to know them. Mm-hmm. I'm just over this. Yeah. I mean, that's crazy. And that's she, where we are. She doesn't even want to know his friends. No. She's nothing know. It's I mean, I don't blame her because his friends are probably whack. I'm yeah. sure. But birds of a feather flock together. But anyways. Um, <laughs> so now it's their wedding day, right? And Joyous times, clearly. You would think. Well, talk about a runaway bride. <laughs> You're not kidding. So Farrah's walking down the aisle and guess what she sees? Red fucking roses. Which is so fucking sad to me. Like, so she doesn't even want to get married in the first place. And now she's traumatized all over again. And the whole time she's like in her head, someone please get me. Someone help me. Help me. Please, please help me. She's begging in her mind. And (laughs) lo and behold, (laughs) help does come. Yes. Which, thank God. Which also so fucking epic. Uh, yeah. So Reese just comes in in a cloud of like black smoke and he's like, hello, favorite darling. Hello. And you're like, yes. 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 Amazing. And honestly, okay, so here's what I want to point out too. It's been three months and he has not come to claim their bargain yet because he's kind of like, all right, she's happy. Great. He's not a bad guy. Hint, hint. She's literally begging. He's like, you know what? I'm kind of sick of this fucking bullshit. This mm-hmm. poor, this poor woman. Yeah. And so off he goes because he can feel things through their bond right right the bargain that they made the tattoo she has on her arm is like a link between the two of them right and so he goes to save her and he's like all right the bargain starts now which she's not super happy about but he takes her away yeah. in her wedding dress <laughs> her ugly wedding and how would nothing, you describe it like they describe it like a cupcake I think, yeah in the book. Ugh. It's like a cake stopper, like on the weddings, like cakes, like those old fashioned, like yeah. little figures. Like that's how I imagine it. Yeah, I also imagine like like super eighties puff sleeves, yes, 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 very yes. poofy ivory. Yeah, 
Yes. I imagine like I just watched the episode of The Sopranos where Adriana's <laughs> trying on wedding dresses, like that exact thing, pretty much. And so Reese takes her away and she describes the night court when she gets there the same way that she describes Reese. And mm. she says it's the most beautiful place she's ever seen. So already you're like, you live in the spring court full of beautiful flowers. And she's yeah. like, I hate it. Yeah. I want this. And so... Reese then, as Hallie just mentioned, like tells her, I know your pain. I've been seeing you every night, like throw up, like I'm aware of it. He's kind of snarky about it, mm-hmm. but ultimately he's letting her know, like, I'm aware that you are like struggling. Yeah. But she is just so like upset and like just withdrawn that she throws her slipper at him, which iconic. <laughs> Amazing. Like <laughs> this powerful high lord, and she's like, it's like a silk slipper. Yeah. She just whips it out of his head. He's probably like, oh, this girl is something. And so while she's there, he's like, okay, you're here for a week. Let's let's give you something to do. Yeah. So Reese tasks her with learning how to read because she's illiterate. <laughs> That's a good task. And we also learn that, you know, Reese can go into Farah's mind. You know, we learned that last book that he can mind not mind control but he could like yeah he could like cause pain control read yeah he has like the power of mind power basically yeah so favors pissed that he can get into her head so he tasks her with learning how to shield and so think, basically like keep him out and any other potential well right that's what i'm gonna just say i think he also mentions to her that other people it's rare but they do have this power yeah. and like you need to know how to shield and keep your thoughts to yourself if you know any, like, vital information, things like yeah. that. So, I mean, it's kind of cute that he's giving her, like, a purpose at the night court, you know, helping her read. Well, right. And I think it's, like, honestly bolstering her spirit. And like we just mentioned with Tamlin, she had nothing to do. Like, even if it's basic tasks, great. She's busy. Like, mm-hmm. she's depressed. She needs, like, small, attainable tasks. And he's giving those to her. Yeah, at least, like, an outlet to, like, divert her attention away from the ruminating thoughts of killing those fae and how everything went wrong. Right. And Tamlin's not doing it. So I'm glad that like someone is, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so she's there, she's doing these things. And while we are at the night court, we meet a new character. Her name is Moore or the Morrigan. Love her. So she comes in hot. Like, you know who I imagine more as? Who? who? Uh, who's the girl who played in the Barbie movie? Oh, Margot Robbie for sure. Yeah. That's, like, who I, like, imagined. We're definitely going to fan cast this episode. Yeah. (laughs) Um, For sure. Because, wow. Yeah. For Rysan. Oh, Henry Cavill. Yeah. 120%. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, no. I mean, and honestly, if you had Henry Cavill and Margot Robbie. Come on. Game over. Hulu, if you're listening, get these people on the roster. Honestly, hoping Hulu shuts it down and, like, HBO takes it. But that's a sidebar yeah. anyone who's following along for the show that's coming out we we band together and hope for hbo is it even coming out i don't even know no, i think it's canceled oh shit <laughs> so we meet more or the morgan and we find out that she is reese's cousin she's this beautiful blonde fay and she's sassy she literally says to favor like if reese is annoying you just push him off the side of the mountain like we like her yes. she's bantering already she's amazing she's got good vibes right and she's like almost empowering Feyre. and so after she meets more, Reese brings Feyre to the war room, and we're kind of in continuing this like empowerment vibe, which we have seen none of with Tamlin. And Reese basically tells her like, "They're for sure can be high ladies." Completely opposite of what Tamlin said. And then she mentions to him back and says, 
oh, like, I don't think there can be, like, I'm just Tamlin's, like, consort and, like, loyal subject. And Reese gets fucking pissed. Yeah. And he's like, you are not his subject. Mm -hmm. Like, what are you talking about? Like, he's shocked that, like, she is becoming this submissive. Yeah. And I think he mentioned something, too, about, like, coddling. He's like, don't let them coddle you. Yeah, because they are. It's... And Bad he, I, think, vibes. I think he's seeing how broken she is and just how much she has just given up at this For point. For sure. And you know what's even crazy too is like Reese doesn't see her every day. Like he didn't spend the only time that he really spent with her was under the mountain at those parties and when he went to visit her a few times in the cell. So how much of her does he really know to notice that big of a difference? Right. And but even like the fact that she's throwing her slipper at him, he sees fight in her and that she's sassy. I think he knows deep down like the sassy, spunky person she is. And then he could just see (laughs) and then he could just see like the mind games these people are playing with her. Yeah, uh, it's terrible. Well, anyways, so to go along with this um, war room, war room. Yeah, thank you. Um, Reese tells her of Hybern's plan. So, spoiler: Hybern is going to come and attack everybody, and they Rice Reese, whatever his name is, is the only person who <laughs> seems to care or have an idea of what is happening. Well, he's just not in denial, right? Because I mean, if you think about it, it's pretty obvious. Amarantha was one general. Why would they stop there? But that's why Farrah also was like, hey, let me train. And Tamlin's like, no. Like, do you think this is over from one fucking person, you idiot? Like, yeah. I don't think he thinks that. I think he's just ridiculous. Yeah. And we know there's more books. So, of course, there's going to mm. be more shit going on. Anyways, um, so Reese then asks Farrah, like, hey, you know, you should seriously think about joining this cause because shit's going to hit the fan and I'm trying to make a difference here. So, like, you should help me with that. And we also learned that this sacred temple was looted and they don't really know what is going on with that. But it's like basically little breadcrumbs that you will, you can assume will blow up in your face. (laughs) Yeah, which they definitely do. But it's like you see unrest, you see things happening. You know, he's like, Highburn's moving, temples are being looted. Like something is wrong here. Mind you, she hasn't, she's found out more from being with Reese in a day than from Tamlin three months, yeah. which is crazy. Less than 24 hours, actually. Yeah, literally. And so the week ends, she reads, she's shielding, she's practicing. Eventually, she goes home and Reese ends the conversation by saying, think about my offer. Let me know, like, really, we could use your help. And the second please, she- please. Right. Help, help us. And the second she gets home, I'm just like sad she's back home, but she's home. And so she goes in and she's like, oh my God, there's all these scratch marks down the study walls. Tamlin trashed the fucking study in his crybaby bitch rage because she got taken for the bargain after the wedding, which admittedly that is kind of fucked up, (laughs) but like control yourself, right? Like his temper is like a big thing that we're going to see. And this is just foreshadowing the fact that he does not know how to like regulate his emotions. Snail rage. Right. She's like, oh, you got a new desk? Because he like fucking broke the last one. Whatever. Yeah. And on top of that, I wouldn't even be as mad about his rage if he like went over and kissed her and was like, oh my God, are you okay? Whatever. Yeah. He goes over and he's like, what did you learn? Tell me everything. Yeah, we need to know everything right now. And she literally was like- Well, it's fresh in your brain. <laughs> yes. And she goes, oh, like I missed you, like blah, blah, blah. And she's like, can we do this later? And he's like, no, we got to do it right now. And she's like shocked because she's missed him the whole time. And so he's just trying to get information. He's like, tell me everything, the locations, the setup. I need to know everything about the night court. I mean, 
if we were to look at this like from like a general's perspective, yeah, you your fiance. Stop. I know. I I hate Tamlin. Okay, I'm just playing devil's advocate. (laughs) And so, So, Feyre starts telling him information, and she's like, "Hey, I think I need to start training. Like for real. Like shit is bad." Because she tells Tamlin what Reese said about Highburn, and he's like, "No." which is crazy and even lucian's like tamlin maybe we should consider it and he's like no i don't want to consider it and again as i mentioned in episode two this is frequent tamlin's way or the highway we don't have any conversations yeah no points are heard no discussion right Ugh, disgusting anyways so this big event happens it's called the tithe um oh boy spoiler alert this doesn't happen anywhere else but the spring court they make it seem like it happens in every court yeah like it's a normal thing but it's not um because they just i feel like the spring court is just so ass backwards Mm -hmm. like they're like old school yeah like pre-civilization like in rights for people you know so anyway medieval times yeah 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 yeah. so anyway so the tithe is every person like in the court has to come and they're assigned a certain thing to give to tamlin and the manor basically like they're like taxes basically yeah more or less exactly um so basically this water wraith comes in and she's like hey um the fish haven't really been reproducing so i don't have the 10 fish that i'm supposed to give you and tamlin's like you know the rules you have three days or else you're done and Feyre is like, what the hell? Like, she knows he's being a dick. Yeah, she's like, we don't need 10 fish. <laughs> right, like, she's like, we are rich. <laughs> so, Feyre is very upset about this, and the Wraith leaves, and Feyre runs after her, and she, like, yanks off her necklace and her bracelets, and she gives it to the Wraith, and the Wraith is like, are you sure? Like, whatever. And Feyre's like, please, I, I don't need this. Yeah, like, Feyre's like, I have a wardrobe full of jewelry. Yeah. Like, please take it. Buy whatever you need to pay this stupid fucking tax my fiance is making you pay and call it even. Yeah. So this is prevalent to know for future reference, which is a big plot point. Um, so anyways, the Wraith goes, gives the jewelry to Tamlin, and Tamlin is pissed. Oh my god. He so flips out on Feyre for giving away her jewelry. And they get in this huge fight over it, rightfully so, right? Because Feyre's like, I'm being a decent fucking human. Like, Well, get- she's not a human. <laughs> a decent <laughs> fucking fae and get over it and so this unfortunately is where tamlin's controlling aspect turns physical so he loses his fucking shit and like blows Toxic. yeah blows up the study they're in like there's like paint everywhere there's things flying around and so this is the first time that we see Feyre's powers manifest so yeah Feyre. yeah pumped there's this big bubble of air over her And she thought it was Tamlin at first trying to protect her because, like, he just, like, lost his cool. Turns out that it was her own power Mm -hmm. that she got from one of the High Lords. And she made a protective bubble of air around herself. And also, uh, among this argument, she, like, burnt holes in the wood. So she's starting to really become powerful. And, of course, that's relevant just for the future and how, you know, what favor is going to turn into. But after this argument, of course, in the, you know, typical and classic, unfortunately abusing cycle, Tamlin apologizes, he swears it'll never happen again, which again, she believes because she wants to believe that and it's really unfortunate, right? But that being said, he, I guess, tries, we'll, we'll give him benefit of the doubt for a second. Okay, he tries for like five seconds. He 
lessens the amount of guards around her at all times. Big whoop de doo. Right, because she had like literally like full guard 24-7 watch. Yeah, but Tamlin's never around anyways. So mm-hmm. he's always out gallivanting, doing whatever he's doing. So like, yeah, nice. Okay, you have two guards instead of five following you around the gardens because again, she's not doing anything. And I just think it's... It's, it's like better than it's been, but it's still a shitty life. Yeah. It's like just instead of being in a cage and giving just bread and water, she's getting french fries and chicken nuggets. You're like, wow, what an upgrade, you know? I mean, solid. <laughs> <laughs> I would love it. Come on. But yeah, so that is a good point, right? So he's still out and never seeing her, except for to have sex, of course. Oh. And so honestly, at this point, thank God, next month hits and Reese comes back yeah. <laughs> and he take well, he's getting ready to take her and him and Tamlin get in an argument. Yeah, they get in a fight and Reese notices that she she's like not eating, like she's skin and bones and he even says something to her about it. Um, and he also realizes, doesn't he try to get into her head and he realizes that her shields are full blown? Yes. And he's like, oh, she's been practicing, which is awesome because she's honestly, she's bored. So yeah. she's of course practicing. And as we get into Farrah's mind, as she's leaving, Tamlin, of course, throws a hissy fit. I think he grovels again and begs. And it's like, Probably. I'll give you anything. And Reese is like, I have everything that I want. <laughs> yeah. um, and Including so, your face in the ground. Right. And so as she's leaving, she literally says to herself, you know, I wouldn't mind going back to that really peaceful palace. Like, that sounds really nice right now. And so you're like, thank you. <laughs> thank God. <laughs> right. Thank the cauldron. Right. Because – yeah, like this sucks for her. So thank God she has comfort somewhere. And so she goes back to the night court. She's shielding. She's reading. And this particular uh, week, Reese is away. He has business elsewhere. But I think the really interesting parallel here is that Reese is away. But when he comes back, he literally begs her. He's like, tell me what I can do. I see you falling apart. How can I help you? And Which is starkly different from Tamlin. Right. Because again, even though Reese is away, he's noticing. So you're telling me as her fiance, and again, Reese sees her for a week, a month. Tamlin's seeing her every day and he's quote unquote not noticing. No, he notices. He just doesn't give a fuck. Yeah. Asshole. <laughs> God. Well, anyway, she has to go back to the spring court, which is very unfortunate. Um, not only for her, but for the reader. And <laughs> guess what? Her guards are back in full force. So, you know, Tamlin, you're all talk and no action. And guess what? It's 2024 and we're not having it anymore. Well, and it's because he, like, lost control of the situation. He tried. And then Reese came and took her away. And he was, like, full guards. Which also, when next month hits, the guards aren't going to matter, dude. Like, no. she's still going. But this is also to the point, like, she can't go anywhere. She can't do anything. What does she need guards for? To save her from the horses in the sta- in the stables? Like, I don't get it. Right. And so, of course, another fight breaks out because she's like, you're monitoring me constantly. I'm not allowed to hear anything. So when Tamlin comes back from these whatever he's doing, she's like, where were you? Oh, I can't say. Like, yeah. what kind of relationship is this? So she's being monitored constantly. She can't hear the news. And even Lucian pleads to Tamlin. He's like, can we train Feyre? Like, I, she needs something to do. It wouldn't hurt to have her, you know, be aware. If something does go on, she's going to be a liability. She has no training. Yeah. And again, Tamlin's like, this is the end of discussion. <laughs> We're not doing this. And so at this All right, point, Tamlin. <laughs> right. And so at this point, we actually see Feyre have a mindset shift. And 
she basically explains, long story short, that there was a girl who needed protecting, right? The human girl that she was. She was starving. She was cold. No one took care of her. But she died under the mountain, literally and metaphorically. And so she said, part of me awoken and transformed under the mountain. And so she's like, I don't need that anymore. I'm over it. And that's where we really start to, thank God, yeah. see a shift in favor. Thank God. Well, so anyways, after one of their big fights, this is, this is like the end all right here. The, the straw that breaks the camel's back because she wants to just go out with him. That's yeah. all that happens. Yeah. And he says no. And he locks her in the house. She can't open any doors, any windows. She can't get out of the house. And she just has a full-blown mental breakdown. Her PTSD is triggered. Of course. Like, oh my God. I just like imagine like just being like in a small elevator and like it's trapped. You're stuck and you start, you know, you you can't move. You can't think. (laughs) You can't breathe. And I'm watching her twitch in real time. God, (laughs) I hate that shit. But anyways, so... I have a fear of elevators. Anyways, um, and she just flips out. Yeah, she's like releasing all kinds of powers. There's black wind. There's yeah. like, she's melting her engagement ring off. Oh, shit. Yeah. So that, anyways, somebody scoops her up in her arms and you hear Alice. Well, you read that Alice. <laughs> you can't hear her. Um, that she's begging. She was like, please take her away. Take her somewhere safe. And we find out that it was Moore who came in and scooped her up. And brought her back to the night court. And you also find out that more came because it wasn't the month of their bargain. And so Reese couldn't. Like, it would start a war. Yeah. And so Reese was, like, so desperate to save this poor woman, Faye, (laughs) (laughs) that he sent her. And it, like, warms my heart. Like, stop. So. We love him. Oh, love him. And so she goes to the night court and Reese talks to her and basically is like, what? What's going on? And Feyre's like, I'm not going back. And you're like. Yes. Yes. Amazing. I'm thrilled. Finally, she has awoken up. And so he's going out and he's like, okay, like you stay and rest. I'll be back. And she's like, take me with you. And he's like, I will. But you need to promise if you ever do go back, you cannot say what you see. Mm -hmm. And so again, stark contrast to Tamlin, who like just said no right away. Yeah, This girl's been through trauma and Reese is like, hey, if you can handle it, I trust you. Like, you know yourself. Yeah. Um, uh, and I think, you know, man. Tamlin's buildup we saw from book one. Book one, SJM did a great job of like, of course you love him. He's a fae. He's exotic. And you're Painting like- Painting a pretty picture. Right. And you're like, of course. But when you look back- Did you, you can say see- he was exotic? <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> the blonde man was exotic. <laughs> fucking hate the blonde men um Faye not because he's blonde you oh idiot I know but he is blonde so he's not exotic if anything I would imagine him like Norwegian okay well whatever you like him because he's Faye and he's hot and like yeah. it's fantasy but looking back you can see all this like controlling buildup. okay proceed <laughs> So Reese takes her to Valaris and Valaris Valaris is the city of starlight. Oh, how romantic. And it's this cute little countryside, not countryside. Uh, It's like in the mountainous river. Like there's like a mountain river. It's like Switzerland. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes, exactly. And this now brings us to part two of the book because shit is changing. 
And so we find out that Valaris is a secret and it's been protected for centuries. And Reese tells her while he was under the mountain, that's what he was protecting. That's why he was Amaranthus whore. He kept this whole city and all its people's secret. And so that's why he tells Feyre, like, you cannot, if you go back, tell Tamlin about this. And so uh, he shows her Valaris and he goes, listen, I'm going to introduce you to my inner circle and you're going to have dinner with us and you're going to see if you want to work with us because you deserve to meet them first and let me know. But in this conversation, he tells her, listen, if you want to leave at any point, I will fly you right back down. And so she goes, okay, but with her, he's always giving her a choice. And I think that's so important because he's never forcing her to anything. He's like, hey, if you want to come out, you can, but you can't say anything. Mm -hmm. Hey, if you want to work with us, I want you to meet everyone, get the full picture, and then you can decide. Yeah, he's giving her freedom. And so he has his normal house down in the city, but he has a house for business called the House of Wind up in the mountains. And so he has to fly her there, and that's where her dinner with the inner circle is. So we've already met Moore, which is his cousin, beautiful blonde, uh, Margot Robbie vibes. And then (laughs) we also learn of Amarin, and she's described as a short, delicate woman who looked like Haifei, but her silver eyes were unlike anything I'd ever seen. A glimpse into the creature that I knew in my bones wasn't Haifei or hadn't been born that way. So... This woman, instantly intriguing. Who are you? Yeah, no, I I love Amarin. Um, Just like total baddie vibes. Yeah, and she even, one of the first things she says to Feyre is, we who were born something else and found ourselves trapped in a new strange body. And you're like, oh. And she talks like so cool. Yeah, yeah. Like proper, but like harsh, but like, I don't know. Oh, she's, I, she's just great. And I then, love her. Yeah, love her. And we also get introduced to <laughs> the Bat Boys. So we have Cassian, who is like, um, think Jason Momoa. Oh my god, my dream Just man. Just big, beefy, strong, manly man, but like the biggest, goofiest heart. Oh my god. <laughs> this is Jamie's favorite. And then? And then we have Azriel. Azzy uh, Daddy. <laughs> the Shadow Slinger. Um, he's just like wrapped in shadows and he's just like the brooding. He's like a broody quiet. emo boy. Yeah. Oh, it's great. Hey, hey, Hallie's vibe. <laughs> so you meet me and Hallie's men in this book. Um, and so this is the inner circle. Reese is the high lord. We have more, Amrin, Cass, and Az. Yeah. And I think it's important to point out that Amrin is Reese's second in command. More is third. And then, um, Az and Cassian are like the muscle <laughs> yeah pretty much and <laughs> i think that's interesting and i think she's shocked by it that two women are right after are yeah in charge basically right and pretty much we find out too so we don't we know amarin's powerful we don't know Moore's deal which we speculate for future books um reese at one point tells Feyre like Moore's who i call in when all the armies are dead and you're mm-hmm. like what is who is this girl yeah you don't really know much about her and then we find and out- they also don't really elaborate either. No, still long. to this point. Or really that much either in the other books. No, either. not at all. Yeah, I'm saying to this point as far as like the whole series. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then we find out that Cassian and Azrael are part of the Illyrian race, which is they're not fae. They're like humans they're, with wings. They're a race of fae, but they, they don't are. have pointed ears. They have oh, wings. they're not high fae. Yeah. Yes. And so we find out that they're pretty much like warriors. Um, 
And during this dinner, we just learn a lot about them and their history, their backstories. And at one point, I just want to point out for later that Amryn is talking and she sniffs Feyre and looks shocked. And she looks over at Reese and Reese just nods. And Feyre's exact quote was, whatever that means. <laughs> so something's happening. We don't really know what, but I want to point that out because I loved seeing that on my second read. Yeah, I had no idea. Uh, that flew over my head twice. <laughs> I was just not, like, I don't know. Maybe I'm a bad reader. Um, <laughs> but after meeting the inner circle, Pharaoh is like, you know what? I like these people. I want to make a difference. So she agrees to help Reese and them to fight against Highburn. And it's crazy because as we mentioned in like the first 10 minutes, Pharaoh met Hamlin's friends and goes, I had no desire to know their names. I know. And we, we never learn anything else about them. No. Besides Lucian. Old descriptions, like a huge chapter about these people. And so you're like, okay, well, as a reader, I know this is more important. Yeah. I mean, like that's also by design, right? To show how insignificant she cares about Hamlin. Correct. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, also, we then find out about Jurian. He mm-hmm. So Jurian was, his eye was in Amarantha's ring. His finger bone was around her neck as a necklace. That was the human who killed Amarantha's sister. Yeah. And apparently Highburn has resurrected Jurian. And now Jurian is working for Highburn. Um, and we're learning more about the temples that are being mm-hmm. sacked still. And they're trying to find the truth of like what is happening here what is going on so the only way that they can find this out is if they go to this place called the prison and they hope to talk to this guy called the bone carver and hopefully he will give them answers promising obviously with a name like that yeah (laughs) scary and so they're getting ready to go to that um but before they go to the prison Feyre has a nightmare wall in the night court, um, and Reese's response could not be more different than Tamlin's. Seriously. Um, he literally goes in the bathroom with yes, her. Yes, make everybody swoon over uh, Reese more, please. <laughs> yeah, literally. Like, if we're not Team Reese at this point, get out. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and if you're not, there's much more convincing information, so keep going. Um, so basically, yeah, she's, like, throwing up. He's stroking her head. He's like, it's okay. He's sitting with her, and then he's, like, you know – you want to talk about it like literally could not be more different and so again just want to point that out because tamlin sucks that's it <laughs> yeah fuck tamlin so they plan to go to the prison the next day after pharaoh quite literally throws her cuts up and she tries to go but she's just had another ptsd attack and they turn around and reese is like it's okay like we'll try again and amarin actually gives Feyre this like amulet and she's like this will protect you while you're there and so it like gives her I guess this sense of like security before going under into the prison right which oh cute you know like Amarin doesn't know her but like she's willing to help her well and it's funny too because <laughs> Amarin is like not like a soft cuddly person no she's and- black cat energy right and you also I think at this point learn that Amron was once a prisoner in the prison. I yes. forgot about that. And she's saying, oh, this amulet like helped me escape. So Feyre's like, great, awesome. I will definitely get out. So awesome. And so once they get to the prison, they have this crazy talk on the walk-in that I could talk about for hours. Jamie's going to geek out. But I won't talk about for hours. But I'm going to rant a little bit. So on the walk-in, right, you find out so many little pearls of wisdom. And so... So many pearls. So many pearls. <laughs> and so there's a quote about more that I think, like I said before, 
Moors who all call in when all the armies fall and Cassian and Azrael are dead. So again, we still up to book five do not know what Moore's deal is. That being said, right before this, Reese mentions that Moore's family once ruled the North and the prison. So Moore is high royalty. Um, we know a little bit about her, but really not a lot. And so I just want to keep that in mind, even for us, it's just speculation right now. It's like sporadic info. Right. And the dots aren't connected yet. But like they will, because there's all these theories online. Spoiler, if you haven't read all the books, skip ahead a little bit. But like Moore's name could mean Banshee and like all these powers and like her power is truth. Yeah. Like she can bring armies to their knees. Like how? And again, we know that Moore is Reese's third. Whereas Cassie and Azrael are like the most powerful Illyrians in history. Mm-hmm. We don't really see a lot of power from Moore. We know she's a good warrior. She can fight. She loves like, her wine. But there's more to her. <laughs> ah, I need to know. Anyway, so that was just relevant. Now, as they're walking into the prison, oh my goodness, this is where I super geek out. So Reese tells Feyre, the prison is law unto itself. The island may even be an eighth court. Now, again, this is going to be theory time. So everyone is speculating that this prison could be the dusk yes dusk yes dusk court and oh my gosh i i feel highly that it is and i think that more could be like the high lady of the dusk court i don't really know Mm -hmm. there's just so many things that could go on here but the fact that he mentions it could have been an eighth court and again we have all the seasons and we have night day dawn but not dusk like SJM doesn't just write shit for no reason. Like, this was an eighth court, and I need to know about it. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Anyways, we'll we'll get more into this as we go through the series. I won't go too crazy now, but it's starting to be seen here, which is crazy because it's so early in book two. And then lastly... She's so excited. I'm so excited. I'm, like, sitting here freaking out. Okay. <laughs> so, Reese is talking to Feyre about Amor now, and she's like, how long was she in the prison? And Reese basically tells her, like, this wasn't even found in our oldest books, but there was a vague mention that she went in before Perinthian was split into courts. Perinthian. I knew you were going to fucking do that. <laughs> I'm excited. Why do you call it Perinthian? <laughs> I can't speak when I'm pumped. Okay. And so she emerged once the courts were established. Uh, so her imprisonment predated our written word. And then she says, where did she come from? Oh, my God. Though there are legends that claim (laughs) when the world was born, there were rips in the fabric of the realms, that in the chaos of forming, creatures from other worlds could walk through one of those rips and enter another world. So we're already in SJM's world finding out about like world jumping, the rips in the fabric. If you read the series, you know exactly where I'm going with this. If you haven't... The metaverse! Right. This is like girl version of Marvelverse. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, this walk into the prison. Again, we're like a fourth the way through the book. And this is so crazy that she's mentioning this already. So, okay, I'm done geeking out. They get into the prison. They meet the carter. <laughs> <laughs> so the barn... Barn? <laughs> Bone carver. Um... So we find out that he appears to everyone differently. Mm-hmm. And Feyre sees him as a little boy, which I was like, mm, weird flex, okay. Um, <laughs> You're like, Feyre, not good. So like, it's like this little boy and he's asking her all about death. When mm-hmm. she died, um, how she was able to come back. Just like super morbid shit. And immediately I'm like, oh, where, where is this guy going with all this stuff? 
So they go to ask about Highburn, and the bone carver lets them know that, you know, Highburn is sacking the temples in order to get the three feet of the cauldron. And the cauldron is what made Prithian. And all the power comes from the cauldron. So Highburn is planning to reform the cauldron so that it could use they could use its power to then annihilate Prithian. Right. And they also their main goal too is I think they want to destroy the wall to the human realms and just like take over everything. Yeah. They're just They want to just fuck shit up and like take over because they think they're like the shun small like stepchild over there in the sea. It's not it's not looking bright for the Fey or the humans. Right. And I think it's interesting how at the end of meeting the bone carver, Reese is so intrigued to know what Farah saw. Yeah, because he sees Jurian, which makes sense, right? Because we just found out that Jurian's re- resurrected. Yeah. Um, it kind of makes sense in this war, right? But he does want to know who Farah saw, and she's like, I don't know, a little boy. Mm-hmm. Um, but another interesting thing where we Which is important to keep in mind. It is, yeah. Little boy, important, not creepy. Um <laughs> We also find out from the bone carver that there's this thing called the book of breathings. Um, so basically what it is, is it's split in two halves because it's so powerful. It was made by the cauldron. The humans have one half, the fae have another. And only someone who was made can speak the spells from the book and can nullify the cauldron's powers. So of course, convenient, Pharaoh was made. Yeah. And therefore she's the only one who can speak and read from this book. So she really has a way bigger role in this than I think she realized. And Reese is so fucking smart that he knew this. And that's why he was teaching her to read. He suspected this. Step yeah. ahead always. Oh my God. Like smart, super hot. Yeah. <laughs> so the book in the Fey realm is in the summer court. And so they want to test if Feyre can sense the High Lord's powers because she's going to have to sense the Summer Court's High Lord's power to find his half of the book, right? And so to test Feyre, Reese is like, I have a ring that my power's in and it's at this place called the Weaver's Cottage. Why don't we go see if you can sense my power on this ring? If you can find this ring successfully, or actually he doesn't even tell her it's a ring. It is, but it's an object. He, he just says, like, use your powers to feel for whatever calls right. to you. And so by doing that, they will know if she can feel High Lord's powers. And so they can bring her to Summer Court and she'll be able to sense where the book is based on the High Lord's powers. Yeah. Which we're just meeting. They're really all. just testing this girl. Like, she was bored at Spring Court, not fucking here. They're like, let's get to work. Yeah, seriously. And so they go to the weaver and reese is like strapping on like knives and shit getting her prepared right this place is fucked up yeah she has no idea what's in store for her and favor makes a comment and she goes so i'm your huntress and your thief (gasps) oh my god and reese goes you are mouse that fuck (laughs) (laughs) okay ruin the quote anyways he says you are my salvation pharaoh like swoon heart bleeding out of the chest clearly we're at a loss for words since hallie no longer can speak english i I couldn't oh my god i just got so excited for a second there and again see okay so here's my thing i don't know if it's because we love him so much that we don't think it's corny but i don't think it's corny like tamlin just said corny things i'm uh, thinking i might kiss you 
Yeah, right. Whereas if a man is kneeling before me, strapping like knives on my thighs and says, you are my salvation. Holy oh fuck. <laughs> it's a different ball game, man. Right. Yeah, I'm thinking I might kiss you, Corny. This, whoa. <laughs> we can't even speak. Jeez. And so somehow she recovers from that and has to go to like battle, basically. Yeah, so she goes into the weaver and Reese tells her beforehand that the weaver is blind. So she sneaks in real stealthily through the front door and she, you know, it looks like a hoarder's paradise in there. And Mm -hmm. she, the weaver is singing this song while she's weaving on the loom. I hate it. And just Feyre is just like, it's just like creepy. What is she weaving? It smells like shit in here. (laughs) (laughs) And she realizes that she's feeling pulled towards a certain shelf and she snatches the ring and the weaver stops and as soon as the singing stops you're like fuck it's like a horror movie and she's like who are you in my home and oh it's super creepy it uh, it gives me like very Hansel and Gretel vibes for sure but like less candy more like death yeah (laughs) worse so anyways there's this she gets this massive escape she she's crawling through a chimney with with hair hair and and burned fat yeah and she beats the shit out of the weaver and somehow she gets out of there thank god and reese is waiting for her about probably a football field away which she's a little pissed at first but then he's also like but see, you can't handle yourself. So he wanted, it was like a double meaning. He wanted to see if she could sense his powers, but also he's like, yeah, you are a badass. Like, good for you. I think he would have interjected if she was really like dying. Yeah. He was like, yeah, she's struggling a bit, but the struggles make her stronger, mm-hmm. which you got to respect. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, maybe some people don't, but I do. He's just great. And so they go back and Reese basically tells her why he hates Ianthe. So we're right, guys. She's a fucking bitch. And so he tells her this whole story. Basically, Ianthe tries to sexually assault Reese, which is super And sad. we find out she tries to sexually assault literally any man she has her eyes set on. Right, because she's up for power and she's like, oh, sex can't be power. Yeah, which doesn't work with anyone. So <laughs> clearly you suck at this. It's not like she's super hot and everyone's like, yeah. Like everyone's like, ew, you dirty bitch. I mean, like Farrah does describe her as like a very gorgeous girl. But everyone knows she's dirty. Yeah. You know? So yeah. it doesn't even work. And so Reese tells her this memory where he was almost sexually assaulted by Ianthe. And it's really sad because you know that he was sexually assaulted by Amarantha for 50 years. And so this guy guy is just going through it. And now Pharaoh really fucking hates Ianthe, like, a ton. So again, we were kind of right. She acts all nice, but it's all fucking for show. She sucks. She does suck. So they're waiting for Summer Court to respond. And... So in the meantime, they're like, well, we might as well go to the mortal lands and try to meet up with the mortal queens. Right, we need both parts of the book. So to, let's... Yeah, to get their half. So they end up going to the mortal lands. And we learn that Elaine is engaged, but she's not only just engaged to anybody. She's engaged to a fey hunter. Awesome. And he lives in legit a, for- a fortress. Yeah. And his dad is like... I just imagine him as like a, like a military general, like takes no shit, like will blow your fucking brains out if yeah, you cross like, his fence. Yeah, like yes, for sure. But also simultaneously wears like shirts to say like I hate Faye, you know? Yeah. Like <laughs> super like his bumper sticker is like Faye must die. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Don't tread on me. And so even though Elaine's engaged this fucking loser, 
Elaine's pretty supportive. Uh, the inner circle wants to use the sister's house in the manor to hold the meeting with the mortal queens. And Elaine's pretty supportive. Nesta, as per usual, a little bitchy. But we see some mm. interesting dynamic with Nesta. So there's like some tension going on between Nesta and Cassian. Mm-hmm. And which perfect just plot set up for future books i mean i'm devastated because i feel as though she does not deserve him and i'm much better suited but i digress and so (laughs) basically her and cassian both are just snippy little bitches and cassian is not used to anyone being snap like snappy back to him Mm -hmm. and i think nesta's also not used to it no she like full-blown like dismisses him and He's, like, an asshole, right? Like, he'll say stupid little comments to, like, get a rise out of you. And she's just, like, mic drop, says the most profound thing, shuts his ass up, and then just, like, walks away, like, as if nothing matters. Right. Or if he's trying to get her mad, she'll just ignore him completely, and it drives him crazy. And I think my favorite quote, like, probably ever for them is, a wolf who had been circling a doe only to find a mountain cat wearing its hide instead. I was like, oh, good one. (laughs) Again, can you tell we like this book better? We're full-blown geeking. God, and it only gets better. It does. And so while they're in the mortal realm, Reese takes Feyre into the woods to practice her powers, you know, because he's normal and is like, yeah, we should probably train you. (laughs) And so he leaves her in the woods. And while he leaves her, the adder comes. Like, what? You're like, holy fuck, you're back? And (laughs) the adder comes and attacks. And Reese comes and, like, saves Feyre. But in this fucking process, you find out that Reese did that on purpose he, like, God. went to the mortal realm and, like, left Feyre because there's no, um, what's it called? Shields. Yeah. And no so protection. she is so pissed when she finds this out. She starts beating the shit out of Reese. Well, not successfully, but she tries. Yeah. And, I mean, that's just iconic. Like, she's diving after him in the snow. But she basically tells him, like, never do that again if you're using me. Tell me. Like, I don't need to be fucking used after what Tamlin just did to me. Yeah. So cut the shit. And – Crazily, I always say that word. I don't think it's a word. Anyway, wildly, adverb. Okay, (laughs) wildly enough, Reese says sorry for this, and she's like, "I think it's the first time he's like ever said that." So he does feel bad, and he's like, "All right, noted. I won't do that." (laughs) Yeah. So you know, just to to make things even better, Feyre is truly embracing the night court life. Yeah, they go back and she's into it. She's literally, she's thriving. And she writes Tamlin a letter. She's like, fuck you. I'm never coming back. I never want to see your face again. She literally doesn't write that when they're crazy. (laughs) I think she just says like, I'm not being held against my will. I don't want to go back. (laughs) Well, you know what? The meaning, what I said was her true meaning. (laughs) And... To make things even better, her and Reese are sending flirty little notes to each other. Like, right on a piece of paper and it like disappears yeah. and like back and forth to their rooms. Like the cutest fifth grade note passing uh, for adults ever. I'm just so happy she can read now. <laughs> <laughs> it was rough there for a while. Um, they have uh, dinner again with the inner circle at like this restaurant and it's like in downtown Dolores. Yeah, and it's just so it's just amazing, just so wholesome, you know. She's smiling and he even notices he's like, Oh my god, she's actually like happy. Like she's feeling good. Yeah. And mind you, while they're walking to the dinner, oh my god. 
So remember when Pharaoh was under the mountain and all of a sudden, like, as she's about to black out, she hears the most beautiful music she's ever seen, uh, he, her, bleh, heard? Well, guess what? She hears the same freaking music. And it's because Reese sent her that music under the mountain to essentially, you know, save her spirits. And, oh my god, wait. The quote, he literally, she was like, why did you send that? And he was like, because you were breaking and I had no other way to save you. Oh my god! Mind you, Tamla won't even look at her. And Reese is like playing like the bad boy villain. And he's literally saving her from breaking, which is... I like it's amazing and you're finding out all these little tidbits or at least you're starting to because there's even more and not even the fact that Reese is like trying to help her you know through this grief process but she starts training with Cassian and you know the Mm -hmm. best way to work through your shit is to physically work it out right so she's training with him and there's a moment where she's raging so hard through her grief that like she burns the whole like holes through the mats of like the punching bag yeah and Cassian is like like Therese like just let her like just let her do it like she needs to get it out and figure it out and you're just like oh my god this is just amazing I'm laughing over here because I've noticed we say the term raging hard like quite often (laughs) (laughs) is that from something no are we just weird yeah (laughs) like you said it I was like why do we keep doing that I hate it (laughs) filter that bitch out I'm leaving it. So she's really embracing shit. She's training. She's going to cute little dinners. She's like just having the time of her life. She's okay. Let's be honest. She's still like a little depressed, but she's working through it. She's finding hope again, which she had none of. She's not waking she's up. Working through it. Right. She is. Well, and also, you know, she's not waking up at night anymore. Yeah. It's just the way you said it. It's just funny. <laughs> Um, so she's feeling better, right? She's finding hope. And so, oh no. And so they get a letter back from the summer court and they say, all right, we're ready. We will accept you and we'll see you. And they're not telling them why they're going. They just ask to go visit like for a diplomatic kind of meeting. Mm -hmm. And so Amran, Reese and Farah decide to go to the summer court. Yeah. (laughs) Summer court. And I just need to interject right here real quick because this will forever just piss me (gasps) off. Okay. Here we go. So. Because me and Jamie are loser nerds who love and geek out over these <laughs> book series, um, Jamie found an Akatar themed trivia night, which was so fun. And you're welcome for organizing that. Yeah, it was great. It wasn't just us; there were some other people there too. Anyways, so we're there. I'm just I'm straight off of reading Throne of Glass, which is another series by Sarah J. Mass, and I'm confused as hell. Like, what's going on, Hallie? was trying to contribute no, and this answered is, this is my time <laughs> everything wrong okay granted yes every question i said the answer and it was wrong so whatever but then there was a question and it said what court is cassian banned from and for whatever reason i knew this answer with my whole heart soul being and i said it's the summer court and they're like eh, i don't know and i'm like i'm telling you i swear to god it's the summer court and these fuckers just dismiss me and say, no, just put Autumn. And guess what the answer was? Summer court. <laughs> oh, I was so I was so mad. You know what? I was raging hard. <laughs> oh, my God. I can't. I can't. God, my blood is boiling. Okay, but to be fair, like, you answered everything else wrong. <laughs> okay, but why, why couldn't you just believe me that one time? I think I had lost all hope in you. Yeah, but you didn't 
but you guys didn't take any of my other answers as the final answers for the other questions I got wrong. Like I would say something and you're like, uh, no, that's wrong. Right. And that's what this one was too. <laughs> this one was just the one you happened to be right. <laughs> God, I'm scarred for the rest of my life. <laughs> So basically, that's why Amron, Reese, and Feyre go, because Cassian <laughs> is not allowed. And he's not allowed because he, like, blew up a building, which, of course, he did. It's Cassian. Amazing. <laughs> so you're welcome for that fun tidbit. And so they get to Adriata. Is Don't talk who? to me about the summer court, okay? <laughs> All right. Well, it's important for our plot, so get over it. Oh. <laughs> so they get to Adriata, and it's, like, the summer paradise. It's all these like almost like sandcastles they're not but it's like sandstone there's this beautiful bay there's like seagulls cawing it's like this amazing turquoise water it's like yeah it's like a little mermaid it's like an oasis yeah yeah and so while you're there we meet tarquin who's our high lord and we also meet Crisada and varian and those are the prince and princess of the summer court Crisada's the princess varian's prince said that kind of messed up sorry so the order of the things of which I will go into right now are probably not correct. Um, I don't know if you've noticed, but we've been just fucking chugging along this whole episode. So we're just going to keep on chugging. Because <laughs> this book is just so freaking good. So while they're at the summer court, there's jealousy. There's deceit. <laughs> there's mind altering. All right. Well, hold on. Hold on. I will go into it. I'm just <laughs> Psycho. I'm just <laughs> I'm setting the scene. Anyways, so <laughs> stop laughing at me. So Feyre is tasked to buddy buddy um, Tarquin because she needs to find out where the Book of Breathings is and she wants to see if maybe he'll tell her or give her the book without her having to do any manipulation. Because honestly, he's a nice guy. He's expressing to them, you know, he wants to make an equal world for the lesser Fey. Like, so they he, don't really- Yeah, he shares the same views as Rice. Right, and they don't want to deceive him, but they really need this book. And they also don't want to cue him into, like, their plan, because, like, how much can we trust him? Yeah. But they also feel kind of bad, because they're like, damn, we really could be their friends. Yeah, it's sad. They get off on the wrong foot, for sure. Right. But anyways, so Feyre is talking to Tarquin. Rasan is, you know, feeling up on Crusader. Which is... <laughs> I know, he's, she's, like, sitting in her, his lap. Feyre is fuming. She looks at Tarquin and she was like, I think that we would be best friends or some crazy shit. And then Rasan and Crusader disappear. And Feyre was waiting for him on the barge. And she was like, I didn't realize I was waiting for him until he didn't come. And then she goes back and him and Crusader are gone. Yeah. And so like Tarquin is showing her around his family heirlooms. He gives her one of his net like family necklaces that have mm-hmm. been in there for generations. Because he's liking her. Yeah, he's totally digging her, and she's totally, like, eating into it. And Reese mentions that, like, he was jealous because, like, Pharaoh was genuinely smiling at Tarquin. And he's like, I was jealous because you've never smiled at me like that. And it was just crazy shit was going on. And she's like, you left with Crusada. And he's like, she tried, and I didn't do anything. And so... You know, you're like, oh, these two like each other. Yeah, like, you're like, oh, total shit. tension for sure, for sure. So, anyways, Feyre eventually finds this like vault that's can only be seen when it's low tide, and she's like, the book is in there. So they make a plan to basically perform a heist, and they're at dinner, and 
They wanna wanna confirm if this is where the book is. Yeah, so they start like probing around the topic, like dancing and beating around the bush. And Feyre slips into Tarquin's mind and she basically like appeases him to say like, oh, like she can be trusted. She's not gonna do any harm. Like basically plays his mind against him. Mm -hmm. And they do confirm that the Book of Breathings is in this vault. Well, yeah, and they don't like say it. It's because she asked about it and they like gave each other a look and they're like, oh, that's where it is. But then they knew that they were like skeptical of them. Yeah. So then she had to go in his mind and be like, don't be skeptical of me. Like, I'm not doing anything. Like, I was just curious. I'm just a curious, stupid yeah. human turned fae. But Tarquin is taking that in his head as, oh, like, she's harmless. Like, she's just wondering. She wants to know about me, about the summer court. Like, crazy. It's crazy yeah. shit. And the way that she goes into his mind, she literally turns her essence, because there's part of him in her, into him. And she, like, Slips is him yeah. in his mind. And it's, it's like, insane. a crazy passage, right? Who and thinks of this shit? <laughs> it's fucking so well done. Um, Like, God, so good. And so when they go back after this dinner, you find out that Reese went into Varian and Crusader's mind because they also got a little skeptical. Like, why are they asking about that vault? This is bad. Like, they know something. And so they're kind of like, ooh, good job, buddy. Like, whatever. And our famous quote is said that is on every Etsy t-shirt, Instagram (laughs) caption, whatever. And so they're talking about how happy they are. They're going to get this done. They're going to save the world. They're going to get the book. It's going to be great. And so... Just say the damn quote, (laughs) J-Mate. I want to see who said what. And so he says, yeah, sure. To the people who look at the star... Oh, no, she says it. Sorry. To the people who look at the stars and wish, Reese. And then he clinks his glass to hers and says, to the stars who listen and the dreams that are answered. Oh, my God. Which, corny, that, but... Yeah, okay. So that's the first time I felt that he was a little corny, but it's also, yeah. like, romantic. So I don't hate it that much. It's just very, like, fantasy. I but, think also because Reese is just so much better, you can put aside the corniness of it. Oh, for sure. And so the next day, they go to the vault. They're like, here's our plan. The vault is only seen during low tides. So they make a whole plan about when the guards are going to be there, when they're not. Reese is on watch, and then Amarin and Feyre go into the vault. It's a complete and utter fucking shit show. Yep. Totally bad. There's a bunch of doors they have to get through. Amarin's using her powers, but at some point, Amarin's powers get nullified. Now, they get into the vault with the book, and the vault's like... And the book is, like, taunting them. Yeah, like, in riddles, too. It's, like, a sassy little, like, come here. Like, you've, like, he's, like, oh, Tarquin. Like, you're not Tarquin. Yeah. Like, you little minx. Like, <laughs> it's, like, same shit like that. And so as they're in the vault, all of a sudden the door slams. And you're, like, fuck. And now it's filling with water. Yeah. Amarin's, like, fair. My powers aren't working. Would you know that's some serious shit? Because if Amarin's powers aren't working. You're fucked. Right. And so all of a sudden, they're fucking drowning, like, done. You're like, this is it. And the door gets ripped off. And it's a fucking water wraith. <laughs> and they're like... And it's the wraiths mm-hmm. from the tithe that Favorite gave her necklaces to. Well, it's not the same ones, but it's, like, uh, sisters or something. Yeah, like, I feel like all the water spirits are kind of, like, water sisters. Connected, so like, yeah. yeah. So they know about, like, what Favorite did. Yeah, and, she, and the wraith literally said, like, this is to fulfill the debt for my sister yeah i think they're like now nah, we're even yeah <laughs> and you're not expecting that i remember reading that the first time and i was like no this is crazy this is crazy full circle moment well and it's one of those things where 
Sarah does this all the time. Like she'll mention a tiny little story and you're like, this mattered so much for the like overall story. (laughs) And so they save them. They like throw them on the beach and they're like choking up water. (laughs) And then Reese is like, you guys set off every alarm in this place. And he's like, I had to like disable all these guards, but like I didn't do all of them. So like, let's go. And that's it. (laughs) And they winnow back to the night court. I think they literally winnow back into the townhouse and they're all sitting there and Feyre and Amron are like vomiting up water. Yeah. Everyone's like, what the oh, fuck? Yeah, what happened? Like, how did you get out? Well, and they're like, why do you two look like this? <laughs> like, they're like, holy shit, you know? They really make a grand entrance. Um, a messy, wet entrance. And so now they have the first half of the book. Um, the book is still being a sassy little, I don't even know. It's just like a trickster, I yeah. feel like. So they give it immediately to Amron and like, she takes it away. Right. And so we have the first half of the book. And now we know we need the second half of the book in order to nullify the cauldron's powers. Um, we're suspecting at this point that Highburn has all of the feet for the cauldron because those three temples were ransacked. And so this is really the only way we're going to be able to stop Highburn is to get this book, to get the other half. Oh, boy. And have it read and stop this disaster before it occurred. And so this is a great place to stop this episode. <laughs> so we have the book. We're ready. The second half of this book, guys, even fucking crazier oh than this half. God. I'm like screaming. Sorry. <laughs> again, I feel like this first half of the book, again, is a lot of backstory, but it's so much better backstory. Well, and I hope that you guys see what we mean now when we say like, book two is a different world like it's not even the same story no there's so much more adventure high stakes it's just better fantasy it's not so like beauty and the beast three riddles like you know like shit is starting to get real yeah and again like hallie just said there's a lot of back setup for this book that's gonna be super relevant which we tried to point out all of it but the next half of this book guys high action high romance high fey high betrayal (laughs) good one (laughs) And so we're going to end this episode here and we will finish up A Court of Mist and Fury next week when we see you guys for part two. Hope you guys are as pumped as we are. Yeah, next week we're going to be even more obnoxious. Oh God, beware. (laughs) Can't wait. All right. See you guys then. Bye. Bye.